Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care.
Good morning, everybody. I hope you had an amazing Christmas yesterday. And welcome to the day after Christmas. It's still Christmas at Journey, and we are excited that you're joining us this morning on this day after Christmas, which is a celebration still of who Jesus is. And I'm very, very excited about that. And so uh, I hope you had a great time with friends and family. Most importantly, celebrating Jesus, who he is, what he is to our lives, the fact that he came as a baby to this planet to save us, to redeem us, to give us hope. I'm excited about that. I hope you are as well. And just want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and coming up this coming Saturday, a Happy New Year. And so it's going to be a great year. I'm looking forward to great things. In fact, on January 9th, we're going to have Vision Day. Vision Day is a day where we're going to talk about the, the hope, the, the faith that we're going to express as a church, this, the, everything that's going to stretch our faith and give us a reason to get excited about what God is going to do here in 2022 and through us and in us and out of us in this coming year. So I'm very excited about that. We're going to call this series, Why Not Us? It's a whole vision series. Why not us? Why not you and me making a difference in this world? I believe that's possible. So we're going to have a good time. And I just want to remind you too, uh, thank you for your faithfulness and giving. Uh, Because we're not having a Sunday service, we encourage you. Uh, You may have gotten a letter this week. If you didn't, uh, just hear this. God bless you for stretching yourself at the end of the year to make as big a a dent and and as big of a difference as you possibly can in your giving expression. Uh, This is the greatest, the best time to uh, finalize our tithes, finalize our offerings, our generosity, all of those things to make a difference in our community. So thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And uh, remember that it has to be um, stamped or postage stamped by the 31st. Otherwise, we have to give you tax credit in the coming year, which is still a benefit. But God bless you for your faithfulness in giving. Well, let's pray and ask God to bless this morning as we talk about mighty God. God, we just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for yesterday, the day to celebrate you, the day to honor you, the day to recognize who you are and enjoy our family, give gifts, give love, most importantly, and I thank you for your gift of love in our lives. I pray that you would bless these next few minutes as we focus on the reality that you are mighty God, that you are an almighty God, omnipotent, all-powerful, able to do anything and everything in us and through us and out of us to make a difference in our lives and the lives of this world. We give you thanks and praise for that, God. I pray that you bless this message in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a place where uh, you were powerless? That you didn't have the strength that it would take to do what you wanted to do, to go further or to reach that goal or to accomplish that task? I know there have been times where I was working in Haiti and uh, we went to uh, Haiti to rebuild or help rebuild Haiti after the earthquake, and there were days where we would get up at five o'clock in the morning, and by seven o'clock, eight o'clock, it's already 100 degrees, super humid, and we're given everything we've got to pour all this concrete and everything, and at the end of like one o'clock, we're all just reaching for every ounce of energy that we had to finish the job so that we could go rest for the afternoon and then do a little work in the, in the later afternoon. But I remember one day just coming to that end where I didn't have anything else to give. And I just prayed 
It was a weird moment. I just prayed and I said, God, I need something. I need something to be able to finish what we're doing. We were pouring concrete. And I, you know, for whatever reason, I felt this power come in me. It wasn't me because I was burnt. I was toast. I was sweated out. I was uh, muscled out. I was everything out. And at the end of that, I was like, oh, man, I cannot do this anymore. I'm no good to this team. I'm no good to the, this, this project that we're at. And all of a sudden, after that prayer, God gave me a burst of energy. And I, it had to be God because there was nothing else. I couldn't drink enough Gatorade. I couldn't drink enough water. I couldn't eat enough or anything to gain that energy. But God gave me something that was powerful. I love it when God gives us power to do things we can't do. And I think the hardest thing to do is admit that we need it. Admit that we need God to give us power, to help us with his power. And one of the most powerful things that Jesus is named is mighty God. In Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, and he's, he's saying simply this, that God is, Jesus is the mighty God. He's the mighty one who is all-powerful, has all the potential of fulfilling the plans and the ambitions and everything that God has for us. He is all-powerful. He is mighty God. Now, there's really some interesting parts to this that uh, are, are important. And first is the context in which this scripture is written. It's written to the Israelites from Isaiah, and he's prophesying to a group of people that were just defeated in battle and overcome by the Assyrians. And now they are under the oppression because of their disobedience. They are under the oppression of, <clears throat> of, of, of the Assyrians. And as a result, you can imagine they're discouraged, they're defeated, they feel powerless. They just lost a battle. And now they are completely under the, the power of the Assyrians rather than the power of God. And so Isaiah, based on the leadership of God, is telling the Israelites, hey, there's hope. There's hope. That's what Christmas is all about, hope and peace. There's hope. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. We talked about that last week. This amazing God who knows everything, has what it takes to help us go forward when we get stuck. And then it says, mighty God. There's some really powerful, important information as it relates to these two words, mighty and God. Mighty is the image of a powerful warrior. It, it gives the image of the, the very, you know, just that, that person that you imagine is the most powerful, most mighty person that you can imagine. Somebody that can win a battle, somebody that has the strength, somebody that has the tools. You ever see those guys that are just all decked out in their military gear and they just look like, man, no one could take those guys down. That's who this is. Mighty God, an invincible, all-powerful God. And then he says God, which is a really interesting title because now we're, we're talking about this child is going to be God, not just um, a God. And it was not uncommon to talk about multiple gods, but this child is going to be God. This was a, a challenging concept to anyone who was uh, involved in, in, the Israel's, in Israel's story because there's only one God. They've been taught all of their lives. There's only one God. And this child is mighty God. 
This child is warrior God. This child is God in, in, in every way, and he's going to be the one who has power, who is the warrior, who is mighty. And so we find that the nature of God, the, the, the perspective of who God is, in this one statement, this mighty God statement, is that God is all-powerful, he is omnipotent. In other words, there's nothing more powerful than God. And that is a beautiful, beautiful picture of who Jesus is. There's hope. There's hope. If you're, if you're in a battle right now and you, you've lost, you've tried to fight it, you've tried to win, and you, aren't, you just aren't winning, God is mighty God. God is able to get us through. God is able to give us hope even after a loss, even after a circumstance in which we thought we had it together, we thought we could win, and we lost, God is able, through his power, to help us win. And so in Genesis 1.1, we find this nature of God. We find it, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the God who can speak, and every, everything comes into existence. Out of nothingness comes something. And that's the power of God. That's, I mean, none of us have been able to figure it out. They're still talking evolutionary, the Big Bang. We're talking about all kinds of uh, development stages of all these kinds of things. And in reality, we serve a God who is able to speak life into existence. He's able to take a universe. And if, we, if you ever get a chance to study how big the universe is, I'm not talking about even our solar system. I'm talking about the universe, the stars, and, and everything out there. It is so big. It is so, just, it's unfathomable. You can't understand it. And because of that, we are, <clears throat> we find ourselves realizing that God spoke all that into existence. He spoke the systems into existence. There's a, a fascinating book. I love it. It's, um, it's a, a, create, a Case for Creation by a guy named Lee Strobel. And he says in that book that there are so many delicacies throughout the systems of the universe that if one of those, those systems changed just, changed just a little bit, it would make a world of difference. In fact, like gravity there was one or two more pounds of pressure in gravity today, all the spiders and the flies and the, the things that are just very delicate would crush under the pressure of that one little change. That's how powerful God is. He sets up the systems. He sets them in just the right way so that you and I, as we breathe, as we live, as we experience all the things in this world, all the systems, all the powers, all the, all the, uh, <clears throat> the things that are created, a result of his power. And that's amazing. That's, that's incredible. And so we have this all-powerful God, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Mighty God. That's our God, all-powerful God. So why do we need God's power? Why do we need it? Well, I think there are a couple things. One is first our flesh. Our flesh, this, this body, is weak. This, we don't have, um, if, if this body is in control, we're in trouble. That's the bottom line. Because it's weak. It doesn't have the ability to live righteously. It doesn't have the ability to do all the things that we wish we could do. Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 3. It says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh. 
For what the law was powerless to do, what, what the Ten Commandments, what the, 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 all of the, the laws that, that God gave uh, Moses in the Old Testament, it was powerless. Why? Because it was weakened by the flesh. The flesh made it weak. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. There's only one person that ever conquered the flesh, ever made the flesh obedient to the Spirit, fully in its full sense of the word, is Jesus. And so he condemned sin in, in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. In other words, the only way we can live a righteous life, the only way we can experience God's grace, love, and forgiveness, the hope of eternal life is by the Spirit. Not by our Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Living in us, strengthening us, so that our weak flesh can have victory. That's the powerful thing. We are not able to be righteous in ourselves. We are not able to overcome sin by ourselves. Our flesh is weak, and it it doesn't have the power to get us where we want to go. And too many of us, too many of us, myself included, rely on that flesh too often and we find ourselves in places we don't need to be. That's why we need the power of God. That's why we need to understand that we have the flesh and that flesh is weak. And are we willing to admit that my flesh is weak? My spirit's willing, but my flesh is weak. That weak flesh needs a powerful spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when we have that, it's amazing. There's another reason that we need the power of God, and that, that's because of the enemy. The enemy, in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, one of the m- most important things is realizing, and, and they say this in the battle, one of the most important things you need in every battle is to understand the strength of your enemy. Understand the strength of your enemy. And if you understand the strength of your enemy, then there's, you have the potential to realize that, uh, what kind of strength you need to defeat the enemy. And the truth is, we in ourselves don't have the power to defeat the enemy. The devil is stronger than you and me without Jesus. If we don't have Jesus in the picture, if we don't have the, the mighty God in the picture, then we are defeated and we will be devoured, just like this passage says. Just like this passage says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I'm so glad this passage says like a roaring lion and not as a roaring lion because he's, he's, he's an imitator. He's a fake. He's a liar. But our flesh is, and, and, and our, our, uh, our own abilities are not strong enough to defeat him without the power of God. We need the power of God. And so... What power do we have because Jesus is in our lives? When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you welcome his spirit. And he comes and he makes this a a, a habitat. He lives in us. And it's so important that we understand scripture and understand what our promises are of the power that we have based on our relationship with Jesus Christ in his name. Not in our own power, but in his power. So what power do we have? We have resurrection power. This is one of the most amazing things to me is understanding that we have resurrection power. Ephesians 1, 18 says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope 
to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. God has given us a promise that goes beyond imagination. And then he says in verse 19, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule authority, all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. God is the, the, the power of God that lives in us, and that power is the resurrection power. It is the power that raised Christ from the dead. That's unimaginable. That, that's, it's like, what? How, how does that happen? What, what do you mean the resurrection power lives in me? It simply means this, that death, hell, and the grave is not a victor in our lives. Death, hell, and the grave does not win. Death, hell, and the grave is uh, uh, defeated in our lives. There is no fear of death. There is no hell that is going to uh, uh, take over in our lives. And the grave is not our ending spot. It's our, our, our starting spot, really. When we die, we, we are this, this shell of a, of a being, this dust-filled, water-filled uh, body is going to go in the grave. But that's not our stopping place. Our, our, our next stop is in the presence of the Lord. This spirit that lives in us is going to go be present with God. And when we are, it's going to be amazing. We have the resurrection power. We can remove our fear of death. We can remove uh, our, our fear of hell because that's not our destination. It's not our home. It's not, our, it's not where we're going to end up. And the grave is not our home either. It might be where we park the body, but it's not going to be where the spirit ends up. You guys, I'm so excited to live in the power of the resurrection, in the reality that we have the power of the resurrection in us. Secondly, we have Holy Spirit power. Like I said earlier, God came and, and when we accept Christ into our lives, he comes and inhabits our, our spirit and he lives in here. The Bible calls this the temple of the Holy Spirit where he lives and he does not cohabitate with evil. He does not cohabitate with the enemy. So for those of you that may think that the devil possesses Christians, he does not. He will not. And, and the devil has no room. When Jesus moves in, he moves out because there is no room for him in the body. And Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that word witness is you will tell your story. You will be Jesus to this world. The, the Holy Spirit comes on us. And when we have that power in us, then we are able to do all kinds of amazing things. Things that we cannot do without God's power. He is mighty God. And that mighty God is living in us. We have that promise that if we will accept and receive the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives, then we have the ability to exercise that power. We don't have that power in ourselves. We don't have any strength in ourselves to do things that God can only do. And we need that power to overcome the enemy, to uh, win over sin, all of those kinds of things. We have Holy Spirit power. And so we have resurrection power. We have Holy Spirit power. And we have power over sin. Listen to this passage in 2 Corinthians 5. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that 
in him we might become the righteousness of God. We needed Jesus to overcome, to live the perfect life so that you and I can have the hope of eternal life. We cannot fight sin on our own. We cannot win over sin. The Bible even says that our deeds, our good deeds, are as filthy rags. Why? Because most of those good deeds accompany, are accompanied with selfish motives. Not everybody does that, but a lot of people do. And we need Jesus to come in and he lived the perfect life, became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And that's the only way that our sins could be forgiven. And now today, because of Jesus' sacrifice, he made a permanent sacrifice. We no longer have to sacrifice bulls or pigeons or goats or all these other animals to sacrifice for our sins. He's the sacrifice. He's the one who went to the cross and died for us so that our sins could be forgiven. It's his power, not our power, that overcomes sin. And by the way, we have the strength because of that, and he lives in us, we have that strength to live out his perfect life. We have the strength. We have to access it. We have to be willing to let him control our lives and, and to yield to his promptings in our minds. But as the end result is a, a really powerful reality that God is the power that overcomes sin. And so we have the resurrection power, the Holy Spirit power. We have power over sin. And lastly, we have power over the enemy. In 1 John 4, it says this. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Isn't that an interesting statement? If, if there's a spirit out there that does not recognize Jesus, that is not the spirit of God. There's no spirit of Jesus in it. In fact, it goes as far as saying that that is the spirit of the Antichrist, someone who is completely against God. In verse 4 of 1 John 4, it says this, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I love that. I love that. I always like being behind the stronger person in a fight. I think I've said this story before, but there was a buddy of mine in, in high school. His name was Lester Briano. He was a big, huge Mexican guy. And, and uh, Lester, man, nobody messed with him. Most, it, it, Lester's arms were as big as most of our legs put together. And he was just this strong, huge man. He was a buddy of mine. I made sure to make friends with the right people. And he was this guy that could just launch anybody with one punch. It was never a long fight with Lester. He could just hit and it would be over. And um, that's the kind of God we serve. I mean, he, let's get behind God. When we're in a battle, especially with the enemy, we don't have the strength to defeat the enemy. But when we are behind God and we say, yeah, yeah, we can get, we can get really tough, by the way, when we're standing behind God. It, we can get really, you know, we can be pretty mouthy, in, in fact, in saying, devil, you're no good. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, not in my name, but in the name of Jesus, you are defeated. I love that statement that says, every time he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Because the cross is the one who has... Uh, sent us to heaven and is going to send him to hell. And I'm excited about the reality that we have the power over the enemy. You guys, we need the power of God. We cannot fight this battle in life. 
We cannot go through life without the help of God. We need his strength. We need his encouragement. There's so much more I could tell you about his power. But in reality, all if we live in these realities, that his resurrection power lives in us, his Holy Spirit power lives in us, and we have the power to do great things for him in faith and believing that he is able to do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. He, he has the power over sin. And as we yield to him and let him live out of us, we have the power to say no to sin, to say yes to Jesus and to walk in a righteous life. And we have a power over the enemy. The devil has no control, no control over us. The only control he has is what we give him. And I believe that today we need to access the power of God. He's an all-powerful God. He is mighty God, mighty God omnipotent, more powerful than our flesh, more powerful than our enemy, more powerful than our sin. And he's all powerful to help us be like him. And I believe that God is doing something incredible and powerful and meaningful in our lives. And I want to encourage you today. Let's yield our hearts. Let's admit that we need the power of God. Let's admit in in 2022, we're going to live in the power of God. Can you imagine giving your life over to the power of God, letting his power live out of us every single day, having resurrection power, Holy Spirit power, power to overcome sin, power to defeat the enemy. All of those aspects of power is there for you and me to access as long as we are willing to yield our lives to him. I want to encourage you to do that today. Let's admit that we need his power. Let's admit that in ourselves we're weak. We're not able to to accomplish all the things that God wants to do in our lives, but with him we can do all things. There is nothing impossible with him. There is nothing impossible with God. Why? Because he's all-powerful. He's mighty God. And for that reason, I want to pray with you today and pray that the power of God become an incredible reality in your life today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you've given us your power, that you've given us an encouragement, that you've given us a strength today that we didn't, we, maybe we didn't have access to or realize. Most of us are, are kind of going through life not realizing that we have this power in us, that you live inside of us and you want to live out of us and you want to exercise your power through us. And simply by us acting in faith, we can see your power take place. I've seen that so many times in my own life. I see that today in our church. As we continue to make steps forward, you continue to provide. You continue to meet needs. You continue to touch people. You continue to change lives. And Lord, as we step in faith, we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would act through us and in us. Lord, we pray for that resurrection power. We pray for your Holy Spirit power. We pray for those that are struggling in sin. God, give us power to overcome. We pray for those that are are fighting the enemy. The enemy would love nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. And I pray that you give us victory over the enemy in the name of Jesus. Not in our own name, not in our own strength, but in your strength. I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to move in us. We pray for the power in each home that's represented here today, that your grace, that your mercy, that your love would be realized in every home and every circumstance. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And as always, I want to just invite you today, if you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's the day. 
Maybe today's the day you realize that you are weak and he is strong. You, are, you realize that Jesus loves you. It's that simple little childhood song that says Jesus loves you, that I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. If that's you, I want you to pray this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I admit that I'm weak and that I have not been able to follow your plan or your will for my life and I've made mistakes and I've sinned and I pray that you forgive me of that sin. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would allow me the joy of knowing that I have had my sins forgiven. So please forgive me and I accept that forgiveness today. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead, that today you live eternally and I have the hope of eternal life with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, that's the best prayer you can pray. That's the best thing you could ever do is accept Jesus Christ into your life. And I encourage you, hit the connect button today. If you're with your family, let them know that you just made that prayer. And, and, and let them know that you've just accepted Jesus Christ into your life. And we will do everything we can to help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you today. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope today and the rest of this week is a great week as we look forward to 2022. It's going to be an amazing year. COVID or not, we're, here we come. We're going to come in faith and power, believing that Jesus is going to do great things. God bless you. I love you. And Karen and I think the, the most of you. And we hope that you have a great, great New Year day. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.